Girls Who Product tells the stories of amazing women to inspire others to follow their path in the product area. This project is supported by Zalando. Hi everyone and welcome to the 10th episode of Season 3 of Girls Who Product podcast. My name is Elena Tisato and I will be your host today. So what is Girls Who Product? Girls Who Product is a series of interviews with women that have been able to beat the ceiling and become successful makers, entrepreneurs, and agents of change. Our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower more people to get into product roles. Our guest today is Ruth Costa. Ruth studied at Lisbon School in Economics and she became passionate about technology during the college when a friend introduced her to internet applications. So she is now the head of product at Farfetch and she started to work as a consultant for a firm specializing strategy and product for telco companies and later on she worked with global teams and ended up in the fashion industry at Farfetch. Ruth is currently head of product and where she enjoys working in a platform leader for luxury products and the state-of-the-art technology and the product practice. So when she's not at work, she loves spending time with her two kids and, well, all, as you can see from her background, she loves to read. <laughs> so hi, Ruth, and welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Hi, Elena. Thank you for hosting me and uh, like such a pleasant end of the afternoon thank you thank you so uh we said that during the college you felt in love with internet applications what made you passionate about the tech world so um i uh, i was in college by the end of la last millennium which is before 20 20,000. um So uh, in college, I was introduced to internet by a friend that explained me what was an email like Hotmail. I don't know if everyone in the call remembers what that is. Yeah. And, and the web portal like Yahoo or Sapo in Portugal. Um, it was my first journey in this amazing world. Uh, soon after, I bought my first internet dial-up CD uh, because the internet was like that uh, by that time. Uh, and I start accessing internet at home. Um, for the ones that are older like me, they can recall the, the sound of the internet dial-up. Uh, for the ones that are younger, they don't. Um, everything was amazing back then. The ability to reach information from all around the world is such a quick way. Uh, it was an open door to knowledge. Uh, rem I remember those directories Um, that organized by categories where you could like find the sites that you wanted before like Google was a thing. Um, and I had a Brazilian pen friend that I've never met before. We exchanged uh, physical letters since I was a teenager. And suddenly I could exchange emails with her and one communication that usually took like one or two months to come uh, to, could be done in within the same day. That was amazing for me because it was like, whoa, game changer. Uh, I felt this was, um, it was very like a big revolution. When I finished my degree back in 2000, uh, we were in the middle of, of a big internet bubble 
the telco sector was liberalizing in landlines, third mobile operators were launching in every country, new internet startups were appearing everywhere. Um, and my end, of course, uh, was all about these changes in this sector. So the more I learned, and the more I liked, and the more I was sure that I wanted to be a part of this. Most of the people that finished economic by then were going to a bank or auditing or other financial institutions. So <laughs> comparing these two worlds by opposition made me think that I wanted to be in a sector where I could push, uh, where we pushed to build new things, new products, new ways of life. And internet was all about that. So that's yeah, it. How I, I got great passion. Thing. Yeah, you were like a pioneer. <laughs> exactly. And regarding technology, what impact did you think technology was going to have at that time? And how, how did your view on that change today? So back in 2000, um, we were like in the peak of the internet bubble. Um, the overall vision was that e-commerce would rule the world. Uh, as well, internet access will be a commodity in cell phones and everyone will be always on connected. I think that vision by that time was almost science fiction. Um, was not wrong in reality and reality had, uh, has proven that. However, everyone thought it would be quicker than it was. Um, I think internet speed and devices did not evolve as fast as the vision. And so it took some years to truly make it happen. It was amazing for me to see this information, uh, to see this transformation in the first row. One thing that surprised me was that when I first started to work in, uh, on the internet, most of the content was produced by companies by media companies like newspapers, TVs, radios. At some point, all of this changed and we moved to a world of web 2.0 where anyone could contribute, uh, where user-generated content dominated the content production through blogs, social media, uh, first uh, i5, MySpace, Orkuts, and then later Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now YouTube, TikTok, whatever. So they change, but it's always the same concept. I think that this, is, uh, that this has made all the difference. Suddenly, any person could appear, could be a writer or a rock star. And, and that's the amazing thing about, about this, because friendships and human connections could be digital and not only physical. I think back in 2000, I never saw it coming like this. I realized later, but not at first, uh, that my, my cho choice of career was even more exciting. Um, I always loved uh, this psychological, sociological part of technology, uh, how it impacts people's life and how it impacts economy. Uh, before college, I was in the size about what degree to choose, either economics or more sociologic things. Never thought technology, to be honest. <laughs> but I think technology has made the two worlds coming together in a brilliant way, which is amazing. Yeah, and you started your career uh, in the telco-related uh, company as consultant. 
and then you ended up in the fashion industry, right? So how was your experience of this radical transition? Well, uh, yes, that's quite a change. And meanwhile, I pass, uh, passed by digital media and, and hospitality too. Uh, so you so, did a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, well, well, to answer your question, uh, there was always a common line throughout the way, which was internet and technology. Starting as a consultant um, made me have a glimpse of the future because we were selling dreams to the telco operators that, and helping them, making them true. To, uh, and that uh, made me fall in love with technology due to the way it impacted people's lives. If you see, telco was the first sector to be where technology impacted. Without connectivity and advanced devices, there was no internet apps or sites. So I started there by launching a broadband internet in, in an ISP, then mobile internet in mobile phones, advanced internet solutions for companies. Back in tw uh, 2002, I think, we were implementing mobile uh, internet connections, but the cell phones then had warp browsers. Uh, non-touch screen, black and white. So imagine, no one cared about the internet <laughs> with a device like this, right? Yeah. <laughs> then iPhone and Android came, and as well as interactivity in TVs, and it changed the world. So I started working in mobile web, in several content apps for mobiles and TV to accelerate the use of internet in, in these devices. I was thrilled to be a part of the first launches in iOS apps in Portugal at Sapo Portal, oh, wow. and the first inter interactive apps in Mel, in Mel TV or connected TVs. So, do you remember like uh, the commando, uh, commando meal, which is the slogan of Mel, like to to be able to interact with the TV? At some point, I wanted to move from just doing internet content and media. Uh, and start working on e-commerce. So my first project was in Sapo, uh, where we started to do a marketplace for small shops to sell online. Then I moved to Mail online store, where we sold uh, mobile phones and also telco services like tariff plans. And after that, there was an opportunity to lead the e-commerce site of the biggest hotel chain in Portugal, Pistana, with hotels in more than 15 countries and customers all over all over the world. So that movement to a global team and the ability to, to work with customers outside of Portugal uh, with, in a website localized in several languages made me want to move away from telco and get to tourism and hospitality, which is one amazing sector where I learned a lot from tourism to fashion at Farfetch was an, I think it was an easy decision uh, because although tourism is an amazing sector, Pristana had, uh, had no technology like internet technology in their DNA and core business, as I experienced back when I was in telco. Um, also, um, they did not have the skill to make me evolve and learn in product uh, as I wanted and I was used to, to do when I was in telco. So that is how I got to Farfetch and fashion. And it has been an amazing journey to be able to 
um, to work in a true technology company that is the leading platform for lux, global luxury fashion industry in the world. It's such an amazing opportunity and journey so far. Farfetch is a sector uh, that empowers individu individuality and that is very connected with human feelings and styles. Uh, so I work in the area of loyalty. So we are always trying to understand the customers, the way they live, the way they engage with us. So it's very grateful. And related to that, how does the attitude toward technology and innovation differ between the telco and the fashion industry? So I think telco is a very uh, technology-driven industry by definition. Their evolution is closely related uh, to the evolution of technology. 40 years ago, people had like landline phones to communicate with each other. No one could even think of what would be internet, right? Uh, today, my kids are surprised when uh, they see a landline phone and ask me why they need wires. <laughs> <laughs> I got that question some uh, in a day uh, back. Television was analogic too. Uh, and we needed to watch it live, right? When I was a kid. Otherwise, we'll lose our favorite program. Uh, my kids don't know what it is, right? They live in the Netflix and YouTube era. Uh, the TV is interactive. You can go back. Uh, the on-demand era. <laughs> exactly. So the, the telco industry evolved a lot as technology evolved. So it's in its DNA to evolve like this, right? Fashion, I think it's, it's different in my opinion. The production part, of course, has several production evolutions regarding technology, but uh, where we are seeing the biggest revolution, in my opinion, is in retail. So lately, people are changing the way they buy fashion. Uh, previously, the physical store was at the center of the experience, and people needed to rely on the availability of the inventory uh, that they had to choose from. If they wanted like a piece that was only sold in a boutique in Italy, they had to travel there to buy it, right? Mm -hmm. Nowadays, all of that has changed. Technology is democratizing the access to fashion. So companies like Farfetch allow any designer, brand or boutique to send to any customer around the world. So people are influenced by social media. They can try it out items virtually sometimes. They can get stylist advice remotely. They can buy from their phones any piece they want, and they it gets shipped uh, anywhere in the world within days. Right? This is powered by technology. Uh, also in shops, things are changing. Your shopping experience, there's shopping experience in with magic mirrors that show you the catalog of all the items that that are either in stock in the shop or can be shipped afterwards. And Farfetch is developing an innovative solution in this field in our Store of the Future business unit. So customers can have like an infinitive range of supplies anywhere in the world and not only on the biggest cities in Europe or US. Thanks to technology, uh, I think uh, they can buy anything from any boutique in the comfort of of their sofas or beds, right? 
today I had a VP in Farfetch that, that said, when I'm bored, I, I, I do shopping at, at my bed. So that's, that's, that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. Without the need to travel, to park, to carry their shopping, or even get infected with COVID, which is like a thing that made our cells uh, arise, right? And if something goes wrong, they can just return it for free and without assholes. So this is transformation led by technology. So in, in the same way, it's driving the industry. The pandemic has, has shown how important this is. Yeah, also with artificial in, uh, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, exactly. virtual fitting rooms, everything is possible. You can try it out. You can try like uh, yeah, you can uh, sneakers or glasses or and yeah, see whatever. What's the best one. <laughs> Instagram uh, filters everything. Exactly. <laughs> and so earlier you said that you wanted to learn more about product. So how did you become a product woman? So when I was in college learning economics and finance, I always thought uh, I would be working in a financial institution or when I finished my degree, right? But then, as I said earlier, I fell in love with technology sector of internet and telco. So I applied for a consultancy company specialized in strategy and product for telco and internet uh, companies. My first project was to launch a startup of a travel website. And then afterwards, a game website, and then a real estate uh, website. And it never stopped there since then. Um, that's how an economic economist, I think, becomes a product woman. Uh, I'm always excited to understand the customer problems. Um, and to see how technology can help to solve them. The evolution of customer research methods, the data analytics and the experimentation has brought product management to a, a very advanced level of customer centricity and data driven, which my background of economics uh, has uh, uh, an input to, uh, to, to give. Uh, in my opinion, I think this is what motivates me the most. I definitely love to see and learn from all the interviews we do with customers to be able to put myself in their shoes and understand how the product can succeed, to look at data and understand how customers are reacting to our, to our developments. So that's what amazes me. Yeah, and so all this economics background and... So my question is, what's the biggest challenge about being a product woman with an economics background? And do you think you had some lucks at the beginning? Do you think you still have some lucks? How do you figure it out? I think product is a very complex role. Um, it has a big component of technology, of course, uh, but it has many others like psychology, sociology, economics. Uh, the economic side, of this is very important because we want to launch successful products that are also viable products, right? Uh, and that have behind the business model that is able to ensure return of, on investment. So of course, uh, when I'm in the middle of a more technical discussion, things may get hard for me to understand everything and go, uh, to go deeper in details, but as you move upwards in your career, my degree in economics and my MBA 
because at some point I did an MBA, <laughs> helped me on, on a more strategic discussions and helped me positioning and market the products I build in a better way. Uh, so I'll, I would love to see a degree or postgrad in product with very diverse subjects uh, from math to psychology, from coding to economics, I, I have a, a colleague that says that being a product manager is like being a CEO of the product. You must know a little bit of everything. So. Yeah, it's an interdisciplinary role. Exactly. And so speaking about customer and technology that are at the forefront of today's scenario, so why do you think that those two aspects, so customer and technology are important even more if they are intertwined? In over 20 years of experience as a product manager, I realized that these are the two things that must come together, customer centricity and technology. One cannot live without the other and each one can influence the other. And those things need to be present in every industry. Uh, what I love more in product is how we can create products that can change people's life, but to be able to do so, we need to deeply understand their customer needs when they are explicit and even when they are not explicit because technology may create needs that are not yet clear, right? I give you an example. Uh, for instance, back in, I think, 2006, um, we did some user research where we inquired groups of people about the willingness to have social media apps in their mobile phones. This was science fiction back then. Uh, bear it in looks mind, so easy now. <laughs> exactly. Bear in mind that uh, at that time, there was no mobile broadband, uh, no mobile flat tariffs, no smartphones, uh, or like not as we see them today <laughs> and the iphone was not uh, launched yet neither android so most of the people said they saw no need to update their status or upload videos or photos in real time for their phones if you look today social media apps are the most used in mobile so we created the need with technology right um, technology drives customer needs and customer needs drives technology. They cannot live independently. Uh, that, I think, is one of the most valuable things I learn and influences me as a product manager. Yeah, that's, that's really a, a deep uh, thought. And so um, we are speaking a lot about technologies and applications. So in your opinion, What's the best technological application? What's your favorite one? Uh, I don't think I have a single one. Um, I have many. Uh, most of my favorite ones are related with communication. So I truly, and I truly understood the power of them when we were all confined during the lockdown, right? So I'm grateful for all the communication apps that let us stay in touch with the most important content and people we were apart. So can be Zoom or Microsoft Teams that allowed my kids to have remote schooling or BlueJeans, Google Docs and Slack. Uh, 
that enables me to work remotely every day or even WhatsApp or Instagram that made me staying close with my family and friends. So with them, I never felt truly alone uh, during this pandemic. There was always some there, someone there at the distance of a chat, right? Uh, can you imagine going through a pandemic like this without these communication apps? I can't. Yeah, it will, it will be crazy. <laughs> exactly. So I think that's my favorite one. And so you have two kids, uh, you were mentioning. So are you transferring your passion about technology to them? Uh, so my youngest son has completed eight years last week. And my daughter is nine. Uh, we gave them two laptops during pandemic, the pandemic due to remote schooling. Before these, they only use like gaming apps in in tablets or cell phones. We thought it was too early uh, for them to start on the internet. Uh, we know the good and the bad that uh, it can bring to a child. So we always thought they should be more mature to understand uh, that and we kept postponing it. Uh, knowing too much of how things are done, I think, and the dangers that could bring makes me worry about it sometimes. So that's the reason why I was uh, postponing it. But um, both have programming lessons at school. And the, the oldest one thought, uh, uh, teach the, the, my son how to code in Scratch, which is a programming language for, created by MIT for kids, for children. And so he, he, he started to explore YouTube channels about this, reading books about programming games. And he alone did more than 120 projects during the summer holidays and published some. So uh, she did some more too, I don't know how many. But they were so excited uh, uh, about this that they even some days they didn't want to go to the beach because they wanted to be at home programming scratch games. Wow, so they were immersed. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think I need to incentivize or transfer my passion to them because they inherit somehow. He's asking me to teach him Python, which I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I think he has already surpassed me in technology at the age of eight. So, well... well. <laughs> yeah, I also didn't know they were teaching coding at eight years old children. Yeah, so in, in, that's their impressive. School, in their school they are, so it's very that's impressive. Good. Yeah. yeah, and do you think being a mother has an influence on your career? You have two young children, so how do you manage to be both a successful head of product and a mother? It's quite a challenge, right? Uh, well, of course, I think our career is influenced by everything in our lives, right? It's, it's unavoidable. Uh, being a mother made me a better human being, I think. Being a manager, a team manager, too. Um, I bring knowledge from both and exchange them. So being a mother made me understand that things are not black and white, um, right or wrong, good or bad, there's a multitude of gray zones that you need to acknowledge and understand. Being a mother um, made me uh, be a better listener and seek for good advice to give 
made me be more kind, but more demanding too. Uh, so being a mother made me understand it's more important to teach them how to fish than to give them the propelled meal. Uh, the meal. Uh, so all of these learnings are really important to my life as a manager too. Uh, so all the learnings I have as a manager, and I was a manager before I was a mother, uh, are, are really important to my life as a mother too. So I think I exchanged things from, uh, from both sides. We started to think as, as a team and not as an individual. Your success and well-being is your family or team success, right? So uh, you need them. But it's difficult to combine, of course. Sometimes you feel that you are doing a lousy job in both. Um, any hour that you, that you need to steal from your family to finish something at work is an, an hour that you are, not, you are losing with your family, an hour that will never come back because they grow and they grow fast. Um, the opposite is also true. Any hour that you need to spend with your family is emails, work, training, team development, uh, whatever that you are not doing. Uh, so what I learned so far is that you need to find the right balance. And you cannot feel bad about this. You, you, if you cannot find this balance in the long term, you may risk to lose both, right? So I think Farfetch is a great company to work because it promotes this kind of work-life balance. So the days are really demanding and busy. Uh, like for instance, today I had lunch within 10 minutes, but, um, but the schedule, your work schedule is respected. So I'm confident that I can leave work at six every day to pick my kids at school. So now I, I'm, in I'm in fact working uh, from home during pandemic and my schedule is like eight to five. So I have much more time to support my family. So I'm really happy about this and it's, it's very far away from the life-work balance that I had in the beginning of my career as a consultant. Uh, the funny thing that I concluded so far is working more hours is not working better hours. So the, uh, the diminishing returns rate that we learn in economic classes uh, really apply here. I think that if a company is able to respect this, uh, to, is able to attract and motivate a broader range of talent uh, than otherwise will not come or will move away. As a manager, I want to respect that for my teams too. Yeah, efficiency is very important when you work and also when you're a mother. And so this looks very, very exhausting. So what is your strategy when you need some time to relax? Uh, so when I feel that I'm very tired or stressed out, um, I try to do either sports or to read a book. Like I do body step, run, sometimes bike, uh, just walk in the woods sometimes, uh, or read a good book, usually a fiction book to get my mind out of everything that is related with business. During this pandemic, I used to do this quite a lot. I started to read more and I'm grateful for that. Also, I started to read with my children English books because they can read Portuguese books, but English is not, is tricky. Uh, so 
uh, they need some help uh, to understand everything. It's quite good when we share a reading with someone, you can comment on the spot everything that is. That's so nice. Very nice. Yeah, I can see you have a lot of books behind you. So do you have any book recommendation for us? This is a small sample. Um, uh, Yes. um, As a product manager, I would recommend Inspired by Marty Kagan. It's a book that tells us how to structure and staff a successful product organization and how to discover and deliver technology products. Um, for customers that that are that they will love and that are viable, there are several examples there that to inspire self. Um, from more personal style, I love to read biographies. Uh, so I I could they could be biased or omit crucial facts or difficult parts, but in general you you learn a lot with their lives, right? So I read like. Uh, Walt Disney, um, Michelle Obama, Philip Knight from Nike, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or Je- of, of course Steve Jobs and Jack Ma. So uh, some of the biographies that I read and they are awesome, all of them. Thank you very much for the recommendations. And so we are speaking about your passion. So we'll go on with this. And we know that you are the first secretary of the General Assembly at Grupo Musicale Recreativo de Benposta. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to give us some more information about this? Uh, yeah, so it's a non-profit organization in my neighborhood where I grew and where I live still. Um, it aims to organize cultural and sports activities for people that live nearby from all the, from all ages. It has a folk dance group. It has music classes in traditional instruments, Portuguese traditional instruments, gymnastics. It had a football team where I played for 15 years, uh, a girl, a 100% girls team. Um, and some more activities. Uh, so I participated in several of these activities during my life. And it, it's a way to keep close with the keep close contact with my roots, where my parents and grandparents lived and where I did my first grade school. Uh, so it's, it's a way, being uh, the first track secretary, it's a way to give back some support to this organization without like the, within the limitations of my busy life and and the, so, the small contributions uh, to its continuity. So that's it. That's a great initiative. I love music. And so it's, it's amazing also for all the sports and everything. So um, do you have any advice to give us for uh, someone um, that would like to start a career in the product management area or maybe just want a change of direction? I would say that independently of their background, um, I've seen people from all different backgrounds being successful. Um, The most important thing to have as a product manager is customer centricity and data driven. If you have both, um, then you have what it takes to be a good product manager. That's it. It can be an economic degree like myself or a technology one.
Sorry. Thank you very much for for the advice. Okay. And so I would like to start with the questions from home. So if you guys have some questions that you would like to ask uh, Ruta, just write here uh, on the chat. And in the meanwhile, we have already some questions. So I will start with the one from uh, Paulo Oliveira. So uh, he would like to ask you, nowadays requests are multiple and rather impossible. Mm-hmm. So how to say no? Well, it's, it's always difficult to say no, right? You have to say no to your stakeholders or whatever. So you, you, I think we need to, to find a balance every time. You need to find a balance between the business um, and the customer, right? And with, within those two and the technology, it's, it's a three-angle three, uh, thing. So you need to see if technology will support this, how easy, how, how is the effort to do that, if customers will value this, and if the, it's viable for the business and will make the business grow. If you s- sum up these three angles, you 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 can prioritize uh and by prioritizing you you ship the best things you'll deliver the best things to the to the market and to your customers thank you very much and so we have here another question from lais siabra sorry if the pronunciation is not good and so uh the question is how pandemic influenced far-fetched business growth it has, um, has influenced any e-commerce company, right? So people um, from one day to the other, they stopped going to retail stores. Retail stores uh, closed for a while. So people started to transfer their, their way of buying to online. Some of them already bought in the past and they start buying more. For others, it was the first time and they get like good, experience about this so they they keep evolving and they keep uh, buying it so this has accelerated all the e-commerce industry uh, because of that okay thank you very much and so i think we are uh, we are done if there are no more questions uh, from the um, from the chat okay there there is a question actually so wait. Okay, so uh, the question is: Hi, Root. Also, a free kid's parent here. Does your kid use the PC, laptop, or tablet for this sketch programming? He used the laptop. The laptop. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, guys. So I think we are we are done. And we have a present for you. We have a 20% discount in the purchasing of all our tickets. So you can go on our website, choose one ticket you want for the conference, for the workshop, whatever you want. And you can use Root20 as discount to get a 20% discount off. Also, don't forget to join our Slack channel that you can find on our website. And there you can also have a channel with the books recommendations. So Ruth, if you want to join us, you can just put your books and everything you want to share with us. That will be great. 
And guys, let's see uh, all of you at the conference and where we will have a lot of speakers from all over the world. So guys, thank you very much for, for your attention. And Ruth, thank you very much again for being here with us. Thank you for having me here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.